Hallelujah. Well, I've got about, I don't know, four or five sermons to share, so buckle in, buckle up. One. <laughs> Only your wife can get away with saying things like that, isn't it? I remember we were in a conference and, and, um, and Keith Moore was preaching. Like, you know, Keith Moore. And he said, you know, should I... And it was a pastor's conference and it was like, should... He's like, you know, I've got a little bit more. Should I go on or stop now? And um, um, Sister Ka- um, Carol and Miss Carol and Seville, Brother Jerry's wife said, that's enough. We'll stop there. <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> Only you could say that to Brother Keith. <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. Only my wife could say, just preach one sermon. No more. Hallelujah. You know, I, um, so, you know, there's just things bubbling in my heart. That's what I'm saying. I've got lots bubbling, and we're just going to let God sort of direct and guide us in that because I'm pretty excited for um, the things that he's shown. But, you know, I, sometimes I, I appreciate that you as a congregation, um, God gives me revelation. And I share it. God gives me something I need to share particularly. Sometimes I think I really appreciate you. You just give me an opportunity to vent. Um, <laughs> I remember years ago, this is a long time ago, over 10 years ago, uh, we were looking at an opportunity. We'd connected with uh, an organization that we were going to do something together with that was pretty exciting. And, um, they, and everything was going really well. And they, they just said, oh, we've just had a look on your website. Um, we've noticed, you know, Jerry Seville Bible School, Jerry Seville Bible College, you, you know. And um, they said, you're connected? Oh, yeah. And they said, you know, do you think you could tone that down and drop that off? Well, you know, you don't have to have it on in order for us to walk forward. So I preached a sermon that Sunday. <laughs> um, I didn't tell anybody what I'd been through. Like, you know, I, I told you know, key people, but I'm saying I didn't let the church know what I was preaching. I just preached my, um, all my, all my channeled angst at that concept, and um, so I preached from the story of um, blind Bartimaeus, when they said, "Be quiet," and he said, "He just got louder and louder." <laughs> so I just said, "You know what we're going to do when God, when when the enemy, when the people say, be quiet, we get louder.'" We say, how can <laughs> when they try and quieten us down, we, we say, you haven't heard anything yet. Hallelujah. So, you know, sometimes you just get the benefit of that. <laughs> I'll preach it. They're not there. They're not here. But it doesn't matter. This is a good sermon anyway. And, and this is what they should have heard. Hallelujah. And um, so I, I um, was watching an interview with someone this week who's, um, they, um, you, you know, you, you I don't need to name names because it wouldn't make any difference. But it was someone who was a, a sort of a personality, a, a, someone that's known in, throughout the world. He's not Australian. And this person said, oh, you know, I, you, know you, you believe in God. And he sort of, you know, you, you believe in God. He said, well, I'm offended by that question. Because this person does, you know, push some elements of Christianity. And I'm like, why does that offend you? He said, my, my belief in God is a highly personal thing. And he said it's offensive to ask someone, you know, about their belief in God. So for him, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Just, we don't talk about my belief in God. So there's part of me that just wants to vent today. (laughs) Because 
that was a few days ago, a number of days ago. And it's like, I just can't get that. How dare you (laughs) take what God has done for you and say it is so personal, I don't want anybody even to find out about it or know about it. How can you have God and know him and have any experience of him and then just say, just me, I'm going to enjoy this. I've got this connection. I've got this, whatever it is, whatever level. I don't really know what level it is because he wouldn't talk about it. Because <laughs> I live my life by a, a verse. And I remember one time we had a guy, um, well, it's actually Jackson Taylor, who was the, um, who's the current member for um, the Bayswater area. Um, he's our state representative. He wasn't, he was just back then, he was just a, just a local council member. He wasn't running for state politics or anything, but we'd connected and I was talking with him and, you know, you know, just reaching out to him as someone who also cares for our community. And so he came here and he's looking and he's talking about this was during the week. And he says, why do you do this as a people? Why do you do this? There's a question for you. Why do we do this? And I just turned to him and I just I said, as freely we have received and freely we give. <laughs> why, why do we do it? Because we've... we've God has done something for us which is so wonderful and he's freely given it to us. How could we keep from giving it out freely to others? What right would I have to take anything from God which is given by his grace and just absorb it, sit on it, enjoy it and not let it go any further? Because that is just so opposite to what the whole concept of God is. And his life flow is. Freely we have received, freely we give. Hallelujah. I don't say, oh, it's a very personal thing. It's just all about me. Me and God, God and me. We've got this thing going. Don't want anybody to ask me. Don't want anyone to know about it. I don't want you to even know if I do have a thing going with God. It's so secret. And God, you know, I, I'm just sort of looking at it from God's point of view like, what? It makes me wonder whether he actually has connected with God. <laughs> Because the God I know would never let that stand. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? My God, my God's like, you're not going to get away with that. My connection with you um, is, He would just get all over me. Hallelujah! Is your God like that? Is he, yeah, you know, got the same God. He would get all over you. He would be like, no, 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 no. This is not what we do. You know, when Jesus came to the end of His time on the earth, and He's like, I have. He said, you know, the reason I'm going is so the Holy Spirit can come. I've been wanting this moment so the, can send the Holy Spirit and he can go and we can multiply this thing in the sense, you know, greater miracles. You know, it talks in John chapter 14. Um, it says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall do because I go to the Father. Because I'm going, he's so excited, and he gets his disciples, and he says, I want you to meet here, and he says, I'm going to go, and I says, I want you to, now, I want you to go into hiding, I want you just to have a really good time, and enjoy everything I've said to you, I said, you know, just live as hermits, um, just, just sit here and enjoy what I've given to you, and feed on it until you also go to heaven, that's not how he finished, that's not how he ended, he didn't say, oh, it's been so good, we've had a great time, I hope you, you've got something that you can maybe tell the grandkids, but I wouldn't even tell them. Just keep it to yourself. No, what did he say? He said, I'm going, 
So you can go now. Go into all the world. Go into every area and preach and tell them the good news about Jesus. And um, so it just annoyed me. Have you got that? Have you picked that up yet? It just got up my nose that anybody could take what God has done and just let it become so personal and in, inside and let it stop there. When the whole point of what God wants to do is to work in your life, pour into your life, give you liberty, give you freedom, and so out of that, you can bring freedom to others and, and heal the others and people that you have. Um, you know, it's like, like the beggar who finds the, that he's starving on the streets and he stumbles across the soup kitchen that has free hot meals. And he's sitting in there and having his soup. Then he's thinking, you know what? Half a dozen of my mates are down under the bridge. Wonder what they're doing. <laughs> puts the spoon down and says, when's the next meal? This is really good. You'd think, what are you doing? Get your sorry self up, out down to your mates and tell them, I have found free food. Come and join me. That's the attitude we want, isn't it? You know what I mean? Not, not, not oh, this is so good. I hope they find out about it sometime too. It'd be really nice for them. That's just not how it works. Anyway, so um, I just been that's been just stirring and working in my heart, and um, and I've also been thinking in parallel with that about something. That's why I'm saying it's not multiple sermons; it's working all overlap, overlapping. Um, David David Leg and I um, are working on a project where we are recording the Bible. Um, it's a big Bible, and we just we're a couple couple of books into it. We didn't pick Isaiah and Psalms to start it. We started you know, a couple of the small, white-sized ones. Um, but we're working to do a recording between... How many have heard... Um, it's, what do we call it? The, um, the preacher and the voice. No, the, no the, the teacher. The teacher and the voice. Yeah, David's heard it. I've heard it. All right. We, we, yeah, so it's actually online. We, we, we haven't done a lot to promote, promote it until we've got a little bit more on there. But we've got Galatians and Ephesians... Um, are online, chapter by chapter, and this is it works in the sense that I will teach, I'll share what the concepts are, the bigger picture, so that when David then reads out that chapter, you can be listening for those particular things. So I'd use my teaching gifts, he uses his voice, <laughs> and if you haven't heard his voice, you wonder, have we all got a voice? Yeah, but we haven't got a voice like David. <laughs> He's got a voice like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and a voice like, you know... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he does not do the chapters in different voices, all right? <laughs> it's like, maybe, that, maybe that's what we do. You just never know what chapter, you know, this is, this is um, Donald Trump doing, you know, Galatians chapter 3. Wouldn't that be interesting? How, how many want to vote for that? Um, yeah, what, what, are we, what, are, what, other what other voices have we got, David? Liam Neeson. Um, who's the big, who's the guy who was the governor of um, California? Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah it's had lots of Morgan Freeman. Oh, Morgan Freeman. You could do Morgan Freeman. <laughs> People would buy that one. You know, so, sounds like it's done professionally. You know, oh, got Morgan Freeman to do it. Um, anyway, that's not the point of what I'm sharing. Um, 
we, we are in the process of um, preparing Philippians and then Colossians, so we're working on that. Oh, well, David's part's done, now I've got to do... So, and I've been working on my part. My part is to, um, and this is what it's developing, is to say, what's the big picture of this book? What's it all about? What's the heart of this book? So that when people read it, they're just not just reading Bible verses, they're hearing what Paul's intention was. And, and it was, so I've been sort of, I had a few ideas and I was doing that, but as I was reading this, it sort of caught my attention. I've been sort of going back to it, going back to it, and reading it, and um, seeing it from a different perspective, and catching, again, the heart of Paul. And this is what, it's Paul's heart sharing with a church that he's very close to. It's talking about, and Paul in that was talking about his mission and the church's mission and the, ch and the church at Philippi's mission and purpose. So I've sort of been captivated by that and it's overflowed into the sense of I'm looking at what Paul's mission is, I see what his response is and then I hear this guy come and say, you know what, it's a very personal thing and I think Paul goes, ah! <laughs> you know, me and Paul the same, you know. How many like to be on the same page as Paul? You know, you know, and um, that's really what I like to do. You know, sometimes I really fully understand what Caitlin was saying earlier when she was sharing. Sometimes I look at things in the Bible and I'm not on the same page as them. I'm, I'm you know, in the sense of, you know, Jesus. Jesus does something and I'm like, oh, I'm not on the same page, which means that one of us has got to change. And I found Jesus is not good at changing. Sometimes I try and convince him. I actually did this many, many years ago. I just changed one of the verses in the Bible, just a little bit, just fixed it up. Um, it was the one from Joshua, some of you might have heard this, where it says, um, this word, of, of this, this word um, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, the instruction to Joshua to go in the promised land. You know, and I, you know, I, I thought, well, that's all right for those days. But in these days, if you walk around mumbling and murmuring, you're a crazy person. All right? You know, like if you, I've walked past people talking to themselves. It's not comfortable. <laughs> Has anyone experienced that? You've gone somewhere on like a bus stop and they're, they're having a little conversation and and it, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> this is this is really I'm not really happy here. And so I was like, okay, God, I am not going to be that person at the other end of the bus stop talking to myself because that's what he said. This word shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall you know meditate, talk to yourself over and over. So I just said, you know what? What he really meant was, this word shall not depart from your mind. You will think about it day and night. Oh, that's good. That's Western. That's modern. That's fixed up. And I remember, that, so I, just, I didn't do it purposely. I wasn't writing my own version. It was just like, I just adjusted it. And I actually clearly heard God say, I don't need you to fix my Bible. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I wasn't, he goes, I said what I said and I meant what I meant. And I'm like, well, I didn't mean to do that, but really that's what I was doing. I was fixing him, saying, what would God know? I would know so much better. And so when I actually stopped, looked at what he said, and said, well, why did you say that? And I began to, to delve into it and die and understand what it really meant and the murmuring. I discovered the power of murmuring something is way, way better than just thinking about it. There is a connection between the tongue and the mind that if you take something in your mouth, your mouth will actually override what you are thinking until you stop saying. And so if you're struggling to control your thoughts, you, that's because you're not using your mouth. You, you know, just test it. You can go home and try this. 
you know, try and think of something, all right? Try and, try and um, you know, spell out your name, including your middle name, because, you know, like, okay, for me, P-E-T-E-R, P-E-T-E-R-L-E-W-I-S. All right, that's easy, all right? Do that in your head, but at the same time, count the 20 by twos, all right? And if you do that, you'll find that your mind has to stop while you're speaking. If, there's, if you're doing two things at once, if you're speaking and thinking, the one speaking will take precedence. The only time that changes is if you're doing something that is totally by rote or totally the way you can do it. Like when I'm praying in tongues, I can be thinking something totally different. If I'm singing, I can be thinking something different. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. My mind's, I know what I'm going to do for lunch. I'm going to try out that new bakery that's down the road. You know? <laughs> the greatest thing in all my life. Because I think they've got a new pie there that I like to try. You know, haven't even done that. You know, anyone's anyway, singing. You know, my mind's elsewhere, but I'm I'm here in the. So so I'm just saying you can do it by you know if you're in in that sort of mode. But if I am speaking on purpose, my mind will have to come into submission, and that has been a skill that has helped me through so much because then when I'm struggling with something, I know I just need to be speaking and declaring and declaring. And your mind has to come into that. So that's an example of I was fixing it up. God said, don't fix me. So when Caitlin said, Jesus, you should have told them, hey, there's a queue. We're giving out little raffle tickets with numbers on them so that people can just do this orderly. I've actually got the disciple. If it was Caitlin, if Caitlin was a disciple, all right, imagine if Caitlin was a disciple, there would be, there would be poles with ropes outside and there would be a time come in and she would have someone outside say, you know, you know, one of the other disciples, um, we are waiting, we have a three-minute window where you come in, you walk through, you, have your, you, you listen and then you move through and let the next group in and everyone's all good. All ordered. Yes. So, you know, Jesus, you are encouraging people to, to do this disorderly. Let it be your first warning, Jesus. All right? And, and I've warned Jesus a number of times like that too, you know. Like, you know so I get that. So I want, what I've made it one of my life goals is for me and, and Jesus, me and Paul to actually think the same, to look at the same. So when Jesus did things like rebuke this, you know, well, he didn't actually rebuke the Syrophoenician woman, the Canaanite woman, when he said, you know, um, she's wanting a, a daughter who's cruelly possessed to be healed, and the disciples say, send her off, she keeps yelling at her, and Jesus says, you know, children, you know, um, the, the bread, this is the children's bread, doesn't go to the dogs. I'm like, oh, Jesus, so wrong, I'll fix you up there. And um, I've had to work through that until me and Jesus are now on the same page. And I'm like, you are expert at this, Jesus. I want to think like you, act like you. And I want to look at like situations like where Paul talks. Um, I made it so one of my aims is that I could, if I was sharing something, it would sound just like Paul. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 I'm not sort of echoing it. It's like all my thinking is in line with what he thinks. And do that. And so I've had to sort of, that's part of my, I, I, I want to I be able to, to go this, so I'm reading Philippians 
to get a heart for what a church looks like and what the purpose of a church is. Because this is a church that Paul was connected with and he was speaking to them about purpose and he speaks about things and what they were going through. And so I was sort of a bit surprised when I looked at it, some of the difference. I'll see if you can work this out. I'm just going to read really quickly the introduction that Paul has to it's pretty much every other letter. Um, I'll just do it really quickly. Just see if you can work out. I'll, re- I'll read Philippians first, then I'll read the others. Work out if Paul's introduction is slightly different. Now, I know there'll be different people and different things and you know, there'll be variation. But in, Paul, in Philippians, he says, Paul and Timothy, the bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. So you've heard it there. It probably sounds like every other introduction. So in in Book of Romans, Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised, and away he goes. 1 Corinthians. I should have had these pre-done because it's... I thought, oh, I can flip through quickly. Paul, called as an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother. Did you know Sosthenes was included in one of the letters? There you go. To the church of God, which is in Corinth. When you get to heaven, say, I am sorry, Sosthenes. I did not know you even existed for much of my life as a Christian. But on this day, whatever this date is, I learned about you. Then I forgot. Verse uh, 2 Corinthians, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints that are through Achaia. Picking any difference? Has anyone worked out the difference yet? Pretty obvious. Duh. Paul, an apostle, Galatians, Paul, an apostle, not sent from men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ, and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren are with me to the churches in Galatia. Ephesians, you got it yet? Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you. Colossians, so obvious. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and then Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae, grace and peace to you. You can go to Timothy, it's the same. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to 2 Timothy, the same. Titus is the same. Thessalonians, I skipped them for a reason. The same as Philippians. What's the difference? Anyone pick up the difference between Philippians and all those other intros? Do you want me to read Philippians again? Yeah. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God. You never said Paul the Apostle. Well done. Yeah. Yes, he does. He gets to sit next to Chris. No, I'm actually sending them to Japan. No, I'm actually fully paid holiday to Japan, sending them this week. That they pay themselves. They're they're going to Japan this week, if anyone's wondering. That's not a very generous gift to me because they're already going. Um. I said it's fully paid. I didn't say I was paying. <laughs> You're going on a fully paid holiday. I just didn't say who was doing the fully paying. You thought they yourselves. Um, never said Paul the Apostle. Why not? Because his relationship to this church 
was not coming with that level of authority. He was coming with a very much, I'm your brother. He had a very, very strong relationship with the Philippian church. And he was not coming. All the other churches, you know, like Corinthian churches, like, I'm going to do some heavy correcting. I've got to do some heavy teaching. And the only way to do that is from the, from the um, authority as an apostle. You think of the Galatian church. The Galatian one had the most um, powerful um, emphasis on it because he was doing some serious correction there. And listen how he starts. Paul, an apostle, who's not sent from men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. My apostleship is from God, people. And that's my authority to speak to you. I'm not here just even being told I'm an apostle by men. Jesus has appointed me as an apostle. So that's my authority to speak. That's why I can write this letter, because I'm an apostle. But he doesn't use that. Was he an apostle? Of course he was. He founded this church as part of the second missionary journey. He was the man in Macedonia. Remember, he had the vision, the man in Macedonia. Come over here. We need help. That was this church was started because he had a vision to go there, start there. He was, it was in this church or in this, in this city that he and Silas were thrown into prison. You know, the Philippian jailer was from Philippi. Hey, he was probably in this church. Philippian jailer was reading this and all his household. So it was, why, why not did he think, I've got to really emphasize my authority here. He was coming to them as a, as a, as a connected brother and as a father figure. In fact, um, in Philippians um, you know, he talks about um, how Timothy was like a, a child serving his father. He, was, he just had this, this connection of like, we're in this together and, and my heart is. So, and yet the, you know, the Philippian church had its problems, but it wasn't being corrected in the same way. He was appealing to them. He was opening up his heart to them. He was sharing how he's like, oh, I really want you guys to do this and I really want, you know, and, he, and it's, you know, you have to listen to me and David share, and we'll, 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 um, I'll expand on that. But one thing that comes through very much is that Paul said, this church had caught my vision. You know, Paul calls the gospel his gospel. We know it's the gospel of Jesus. But there's a, there's a, a reference who says, you know, uh, my gospel. My gospel, one, you know, the gospel is not just something that he's agreeing with. It's become his very own message. How many would think Paul lived to share the gospel? And I was really challenged this week, and I, you know, this is why I have multiple sermons flowing in. I was listening to um, Brother Jerry Seville, uh, Dr. Seville, preaching in our home. So he wasn't in our home preaching. <laughs> we had him on the television, you know, watching a, a past message. Preaching, and he was sharing about the calling of God that came upon him, and how he was summoned, how he how he ran from the calling of God. He was summoned and called as a child, watching. Um, it was Oral Roberts, wasn't it? He was watching Oral Roberts on television when he was a child, and he heard the voice of God speak to him and call him, and he ran from that. Wouldn't tell anybody. Refused to tell anybody because he thought if I don't acknowledge it, it never happened. And um, and you can see where that's got him today. Um, he eventually got to the point where he stopped running and embraced it. He stopped running and embraced it. And he was talking about that calling 
And he says, that calling isn't something I do as part of my church life. It's what I do. And it's who I am. There's no, this is Brother Jerry's Christian goals and job. It's just everything. He said, everything went and this became his life. And he said, and he had things like cars and motorbikes and things like that, which, he, which he, you know, was his life beforehand, all went because he just gave it all up, embraced the gospel. And he said, then God in his goodness and his grace gave those things back to me, but gave them back as now tools for the ministry. They're now part of my mission. So now he said, you know, chariots have lied and, and, and uh, he's got cars that he takes to shows and then they witness and use them for the gospel. He said, God's given them all back to me now because it's now part of my mission. But see, he doesn't have his life and then his mission. It's his life mission. It's his calling. When he was called and embraced of God, he then embraced everything. And, it, and it's actually um, represented in Philippians chapter 3, an um, amazing passage talking about um, taking hold of God. Um, verse Verse 12 of Philippians 3 says that Paul says, not that I've already obtained it, that that's all the things that God has done for me in his salvation. He says, I haven't got it all. Or I haven't, all, I haven't become perfect. How many have said that before? I'm not perfect. Um, you know, you might use that as an excuse all the time. But Paul's not talking about perfect. The word perfect in the Bible, probably better translated mature. Because when we hear the word perfect, we think without a mistake. All right? Perfect means brought to the, the, you know, it's, you know, like when I cook a steak. Ah. Hey, hey, hey. If you want me to cook another steak, everyone agree with me, right? I cook a steak and I say, ah, perfect. Now, I don't mean that it's like without any flaws and I've done everything without it. What I'm meaning is it's come to the just the right time. It's just good. It's just where it should be. All right? Perfect in the Bible, the Greek, is that concept. You mature, you, you've come to the right place. So Paul's not saying, I, I haven't, I'm, I'm still being cooked. I'm still being worked on. I'm still in the workshop. God's still working me, bringing me to so that place of maturity. Not that I've already obtained it, or I haven't, I, I haven't become fully mature. I haven't got there yet. But he said, this is I do. I press on, so I might do two things, so that I may lay hold of that, which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. He said, this is my life goal, is to take hold of that which Jesus has taken hold of me for. All right? And, and I love this word. This is one of my first sermons I preached from this, this verse. Um, as a young whippersnapper teenager boy, I preached this sermon. Katalambano is the Greek word, which means, kata means down, comprehensive, top to bottom, Lambano is the Greek word to take. So if I if I want if, if um, Cam, would you Lambano this water bottle? It's very easy. We haven't even practiced this. Lambano, I take. That's that's all it is. Look at Cam. Lambano works all right by itself. It's a word that is used many times. It just means to take. I take Lambano. I take. Kata is like a word to put you put on something to put emphasis on. It's to put strength on it, to, to over the top. You know, we, we do that with, with English words. We, you know, we take one word and we put you know, hyper in front of it. If you've got an active child, 
and then you've got a hyperactive child. How many know that's two different things? You've taken it. Well, kata is like put lots of emphasis on it. Okay, kata is to say, I've fully grabbed it, taken hold of it, got it, made it my own. And, um, you know, I, I, I used to play football many years ago, and um, I had a friend, his name was Jeff McKibben. He was you know, about the same age as I. And I, I would tackle people, and I would call my tackling lambano. I would take them. Jeff would tackle people, and I would suggest that his tackling was more Carter Lombardo. <laughs> he would tackle them, and they wake up on the boundary line. <laughs> saying, what happened? Well, that was yesterday. <laughs> you, got, you got taken. <laughs> you know, he, he, he would take you. I would take them. I was a, can you imagine me? It was a skinny little kid playing football. I was playing under-17s when I was about 13 or 14 country football. They put me in the forward pocket. Let's hope I don't get in the way. All right? That was basically their, their goal. Um, I would tackle players, and I'm not sure they even knew they were being tackled. <laughs> <laughs> Take a bounce, have a look around, think I'll kick it over there. What are you doing, kid? Get off. <laughs> so I'm, I, was, I was like the lesser Lombano. I was just... But Cartolambano was like, no, no, I'm taking you down. I'm making you my own. I am fully, 100% getting you. I remember preaching this many years ago. Richard shared it with a friend from um, an unsaved person he worked with who he played um, lacrosse with. He said, this guy got hold of this concept. I, I didn't even know. And he said, Richard said, we'd be playing lacrosse, and this guy had suddenly started running across the field yelling, Cartolambano! <laughs> wasn't a Christian, just knew it was a good thing to do, you know. <laughs> so we'll go for it. Not really what I was aiming for in the sermon, but that's okay. Okay, but you notice there's two laid hold ofs, and both of them are Catalambano. You know, when Jesus got hold of you, he just didn't get you. He gave up everything. He left heaven, put it all on the line, and did not leave anything in the tank, and did not just give you a bit. He said, I'm giving you everything. I'm going to give you every access to the Father. I'm going to make... <laughs> yeah. the, Jesus did not go back and say, oh, if I did this salvation thing again, I could have done it a little bit better. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I missed out on this aspect. I could have done... He said, no. Everything, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. I gave it all. When I was on the cross, it was comprehensive, totally. And I've called them, and I've got them, and I don't have anybody in my kingdom. I said, I've got you, and it's like, go stand in the forward pocket and just don't get in the way. It's like, no, 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 I've got a key plan for you. I've mapped out your life. I've thought of all the things I can do with you. I've got great plans for you. We're going to do so much together. I have got you comprehensively. So when Jesus got Brother Jerry, he took him comprehensively. So I'm going to send you to Africa. I'm going to fill you with faith. I'm going to make you this, this. And Brother Jerry's response has to be, I'm going to go to Africa. I'm going to do whatever you take. I'm going to do whatever you say. Do you know what I mean? You've got, it's the same embrace. That's why I just... 
so annoyed that someone can say, oh, I don't want to tell people. You know, I'll just give them maybe a hint here and there. But it's very personal. That's not Cardinal Lumbano. That's hardly take. That's all one way. That's Jesus, I'm going to give you everything. And they're like, yeah, that's nice, but I'm just going to do my life. And, you know, if you can use it in any way, that'd be nice. No, 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 no. My life is gone. My life is finished. I've lost my life. My life now is embracing what he's embraced me for and pursuing that and running with that. And Paul said, this is why there's something about the Philippian church. He, he was just... I want you to listen to the, the, the first part of it and you can then read yourself through the, Listen for how much it's all about just losing yourself and embracing this life of the gospel. All right? In fact, okay, let's read, read, read from chapter 1. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus are in Philippi, including the overseas and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. I think very fondly of you. Didn't, didn't write that to all the churches. Other churches are saying, I'm, I'm the apostle and I'm going to have to get some things straight here. Here is, a, I think, so fondly of you. What was it about the Philippian church that just really made him smile? He's in prison at this point. And he's saying, while I'm sitting here in prison, I smile every time I think of you guys. I'm always offering prayer with joy. In my every prayer for you all, in view of, okay, this is why in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now, he said, you guys have caught this gospel thing. You've caught it. You've got it. I'm away, but you're running with it. And he says, I love you guys. Um, you know, later on, let me see if I can find it. Um, uh, chapter 4, verse 1 says, My beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and my crown. You know, he, he liked these people. He loved them. But they were, they were going through some stuff, and his biggest concern was, guys, don't forget what we're here for. I'm living for the gospel. And he says, as a reminder, I'm in prison and stuff's going a bit, bit weird. But I've made one purpose. I've said to God, you know what? I'd love to go to heaven right now. But if I can help one more church get hold of this thing and grow in their faith, and go forward, I'll stay here. I love the fact he's, he's like, he's in prison. He's got Roman guards outside and he's saying, well, they say, what are you doing, Paul? He says, I'm just working out whether I'm going to stay in prison or not. <laughs> anyway, excuse me, that's our decision. Paul says, <laughs> will I go to heaven or will I do some more gospel stuff? The Romans are like, excuse me, we've got the chains. He says, talk to the Philippian jailer about that. And I'm saying, that's what he's thinking. He's like, it's all about the gospel. And he said when people, people were, were giving him a hard time and even using things to try and hurt him, he said, you know what, the main thing I'm concerned about 
verse 18, verse chapter 1, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, he said, you know, you guys are doing your stuff. But I'm not talking about the Philippians here. I'm talking about the people around him in prison. Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, I'll rejoice. You know, the thing I get my joy over is that Jesus is being exalted. And that's, that's the bottom line for me. That's the bottom line for me. And so he says to them, um, verse one, uh, verse 5, chapter 1, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now, and I'm confident, I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Um, one final verse says, um, verse 27, said there's one thing I'm really said one thing it's on my heart because they're going through some struggles they have some things but it's not like heavy correction it's not like your doctrines off and it's not like Timothy he he said this to, he came to Timothy and he said Timothy I'm the apostle why did he say to Timothy I'm the apostle you know surely I had good life because Timothy was having to fix up stuff so he had to say to Timothy as your apostle I'm telling you these things so you can read them out to people and let them know the apostle has got your back you know what I mean? There's authority here. But he doesn't, it's the Philippians, he's like, I just pour out my heart, you guys. I really want you. Verse 27, he says, this is what I'm asking. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So he said, whether I come and see you or whether I remain absent. Otherwise, don't just do it because I'm coming. Just regardless. I may hear of you that you're standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. You guys are just totally united in this one thing, to get the good news out and continue this work. And he said, because that's my heart. That's what I love. That's what, you know. Um, oh. He said, when he talked about Timothy, and I said before, other people seek their own interests, but not those of Christ Jesus. But you know of Timothy's proven worth that he served with me in the furtherance of the gospel like a child serving his father. He said, it's, to him, it's all about the gospel going forward and the ministry and the giving and the, and the going next level. And I'm, I'm like, God, you know what? It, it just once again just echoed what we're here for. You know what I mean? And you know, this is not about you looking at me and saying, go for it, pastor. Preach the gospel. I'm like, no, no, this is not me. This is us. This is our church. This is who we are. And I, will, and I, and I like what Paul did. He's like, I don't know whether you can follow on the camera, but this is not me up here telling you. This is Paul saying, hey, guys, this is our job. This is what we do. And he said, this Philippian church, this Philippian church, you embraced this. You got hold of this. You ran with this. You did this. You guys are awesome. Whenever I think of you, I smile. You're just catching my heart the way you... No, now he didn't say, the way you um, treated me and gave me the best place, to, you know, best food and looked out. No, no, it was not. it was not how he was personally treated. His greatest joy was... You got hold of the same thing that I've been got on. Jesus grabbed hold of me, and now I've grabbed hold of that. 
And he said, the whole thing is about you grabbing hold of what God's grabbed you. That's the purpose he has. That's the desire. I can't tell you what it does to my heart when I see things like us all ministering to one another on a Sunday or hearing stories of how God has been ministering and working during the week or when um, I gave... A few weeks ago, I, um, I just printed off a map of this area. And then I went and actually, I don't know printed off all the census data for the four suburbs just around us. Just started reading through how many people are here, how many children, how many, how many are part of this religion, how many, how many this, you know. Just begin to think and read. Because these are real people. These represent lives. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Because of these people here. So, Lord, I said, I want to pray in tongues for them. I, I know you know them as individuals. You know their backgrounds, their lives. You know their parents, grandparents. You know their 10 generations back. You know what I mean? You know their number of hairs on their head. You know their desires. I don't know them like that. But Lord, I, I'm praying for them in the spirit. So when they were praying with Jay and they were praying this morning and the group got around, I just said, Jordan, you didn't know this, but I said, look, I just want you to take this map. This is our area. Get in front of them and just pray for this region. Just pray. Just pray. Pray for them. Because that's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's our purpose. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're... Um, anyway got another one or two sermons but I might not do those <laughs> yeah because you go to the book of Revelation and you have a lampstand and that's a purpose for an individual church in the glory of God here we are here we are God's got a purpose for us hallelujah so I just sort of want to be like Paul and I say guys I love I love what we're doing let's just Let's just grab it even stronger. Let's run even harder. Let's, you know, it's, and really, it's, it's not like, should we or shouldn't we? It's like, that decision, that boat sailed a long time ago. He grabbed me. My response is just to grab hold of him and his purpose and his calling and bringing his good news to those around me. Can you stand with me? Let's... Um, let me just, just pray. Not as the apostle, not as the pastor even, just as Lord, but together with our church family, we once again say thank you for what you've done for us, for rescuing us, bringing us into your wholeness. Thank you for giving us a purpose and a calling. Lord, we're not on this earth by mistake, or just to meander through. Lord, you have called us and grabbed us. And I'm so grateful. And Lord, we once again say our heart and our desire are to grab hold of you and what your plans are to help those around us. Lord, we declare freely we have received, freely we give. Hallelujah. Why don't you just say that? Freely I've received, and freely I give. I'm not holding back in any way, Jesus. 
And I thank you, Lord, that you guide us and lead us. Lord, I do pray. I pray for these thousands of 50,000 people just in the four suburbs around us. Just in this area around here. Father, so many of them don't know you. Father, help us to be a light in this region and an influence to bring them to you. Hallelujah. Lord, that your kingdom would be full of people that have been rescued and made whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.